This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hi, and welcome to Health Check. I'm Joyce Teal, a senior health correspondent with The Straits Times. So before we start the Lunar New Year, we're going to get to some COVID-19 matters. It's been a while since we talk about COVID. We may be sick of hearing about it, but COVID-19 hasn't tired of us. So let's wrap up the year with what you may want to know about COVID vaccination so we can get that out of the way. So my guest today is Associate Professor Su Li Yang, an infectious diseases expert who is the Vice Dean of Global Health at the National University of Singapore, Sosui Hawk School of Public Health. Hi Li Yang, welcome. It's good to see you. Hello Joyce. So COVID seems to be a thing of the past for many people here, right? As we return to normalcy in our lives. Uh, but many people have had COVID and they have also received a booster shot. But uh, I feel that many people are actually not so keen on getting a second booster, right? So, you know, tell us what happens if we don't get the fourth mRNA vaccine or the second booster? Thank you. This is an interesting question, but it's also a very nuanced one in a sense that the people who would really benefit from repeated vaccination, those repeated boosters are those who are elderly, meaning those who are above the age of 80. The benefits are very clear for them. Every six months to a year, it's probably important for this group to be vaccinated again with whatever updated COVID vaccine is available at that point in time. For the others, especially those who are young and healthy, um, it's a bit difficult to piece together the benefits because as we all know by now, COVID vaccination protects against infection only for the first few months, after which we are all vulnerable to infection again. And that's amply reported by those who were infected um, within months of the whatever vaccine dose they have. The protection against severe disease um, does wane over time, but slowly. And for the people who are young and healthy, who already have very low risk of severe disease in the first place, having additional COVID vaccine shots, as far as we know, doesn't really enhance that protection against severe disease and death significantly. I see. So that means that the three shots that people have for MRE, that's enough? That seems to be the case as far as we know. Um, but having said which, we are just barely a year out from the third shot. So how fast the virus mutates to evade our immune system and how long the protection against severe disease and death lasts is something I think they'll become clearer only over time. Right. So from what you're saying, those who are above 80 should get uh, regular boosters, but those who are younger may not need to get regular boosters, right? Unless they are immunocompromised. That's right. You have said it perfectly. So what about the studies for those who are kind of um, in between? So I mean, for younger people, you're healthier, you probably don't need to get another booster. But how about those who are, say, um, 60 and above, 65, you know, you're considered elderly, but you're not close to 80? The risk doesn't increase dramatically between 60 and 80. It's more like a gradual increase in risk of severe disease and death, and therefore a gradual increase in additional protection that's being offered. So my view has always been that the vaccines are safe. Currently, they're free. Um, people should go for these vaccine boosters, not just to protect themselves, but the additional benefit would be protecting others around you, even if it's only for a short while. Right. Okay. Some people have already gotten a vaccine, but they're also worried. There's all these stories going around, right, about like increased side effects after getting regular boosters. Yeah. Can you just 
talk to us about it, like how the side effects does not actually increase with repeated boosters. Thank you. I think this is a very important question. Um, I'm not sure that any answer changes anything, however. COVID vaccines are one of the best studied vaccines in the world. There have been billions of doses given out around the world and millions of booster shots given around the world as well. So we understand that there are no new side effects that occur with additional doses. And in fact, the risk of side effects, especially serious side effects, drops with subsequent vaccines. The side effects, their mild remain the same. People will still feel tired. Some of them will have a fever. There will be a pain in the arm where the injection took place. Those will resolve within a day or two and they're not serious. So for those who are concerned about vaccine side effects and have already survived the first two or three doses, um, it's perfectly okay. Right, but somebody in my team was just saying that, you know, if you get a fourth shot, right, you end up with like stiff fingers. So I, I don't know what caused those stiff fingers, um, but so far it hasn't been reported significantly amongst all the many side effects that's been reported for the COVID vaccine. I think people are most concerned with severe side effects. For instance, there's been a concern about strokes with the Pfizer bivalent vaccine. This appeared to be significant on the initial set of data, but after vaccinating millions of people, that signal has disappeared. So sometimes things occur by statistical chance, they get reported. It makes an impression of people, but it really does take a longer period of time and more vaccinations before we are certain whether these risks are real or not. And the Ministry of Health here has also come out with a statement that it hasn't seen an increased risk of strokes amongst those who have received the Pfizer bivalence vaccine. Mm, I see. So actually, we spoke about the need, right? So for those who actually want to go for the vaccine, is there any difference between the two bivalent vaccines in Singapore? Between the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccines, there's no substantive difference, meaning that protection is more or less the same. The side effect profile is also more or less the same. But they protect against different variants, right? I think they protect against different variants, but we have also moved on from those variants and uh, those variants are currently not circulating around the world anymore. For example, I think the Pfizer bivalent protects against BA5 in addition to the original Wuhan virus. And the Moderna vaccine protects against BA2 in addition to the original virus from Wuhan. But we have now gone into XBB and other variants that are way past those Omicron variants. Okay, so these variants are not really circulating, but does the developments in China have any impact on this? You know, with people coming out, travelling to Singapore as well? Yes and no, in a sense, because um, China had previously been COVID-free. And now that it has opened up, there are millions of infections taking place every day in China, even though reportedly they're past their peak now. What it does mean is there are millions of opportunities for the virus to mutate further and to develop characteristics that may make it more transmissible or evade the immune response better. This is no different from what's happening in the rest of the world, by the way. So in US, Europe and in Singapore, where we have relaxed our measures, this chance for the virus to hit lottery and become a new variant is there. So China just adds to the pool around the world, but in a huge way because it is a big country, of course. 
Mm, I see. Should we be worried? I think at this point, the worrying is a bit more abstract and we shouldn't be too concerned. So you mentioned that bivalent vaccines do not offer a more significant boost than the original vaccines, and that's partly because the new variants that they target are no longer the main circulating strains in the world, right? Um, is that all to it? The issue with the bivalent vaccine deals with a concept that is a little bit difficult to explain, and that's the concept of immunological imprinting, or what is colloquially called the original antigenic sin. Essentially, what happens is that if our immune system encounters a pathogen, the first time it develops an imprint to it so that it can respond faster uh, the next time we encounter this pathogen again. But there is a consequence um, or a side effect of this faster response, which is that our immune system against some pathogens then are unable to update the imprint. So they still continue to produce uh, antibodies or an immune response against the first pathogen, even when we encounter a slightly modified version. For example, um, a variant of COVID-19. So our immune response is not going to be so effective against the new variants because we are still stuck in the previous mode. That's the conventional thinking and that's what's been found in several of the clinical trials and research around the world. So generally, we're going about our normal lives, right? Like as before. So some people get COVID, some people don't. It's not like, you know, I think a year ago where you hear of people getting COVID left, right and centre. Now, not so much. Does that remove the need for regular boosters unless you are like 80 and above going forward? Uh, yes and no. Lah. I think it's for the individual, either decision is fine, right? Whether they go for a booster or not. But if you think about the public good, you know, of course, it makes better sense for more people to be vaccinated and more people to wear masks when they are sick, for instance. Because that 1% or 2% benefit for 5 million people translates into a number of hospitalizations and lives saved. Like, even if it's not your own life, that's at risk. That's true. So when you're sick, we should wear a mask. And then actually for the other party, wearing a mask protects against all variants. <laughs> that's true, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we've talked quite a bit about people who are older, right? Especially those above 80. So what about the younger people and the children? Should they get their boosters? So I think there are two levels that one can look at it. On an individual level, clearly there is not much benefit to the individual getting another COVID booster shot because as I mentioned, the risk of severe disease and death is very low anyway um, and there's protection from the original COVID vaccines plus the first booster they have received. But if you think about it as a public good, then suddenly it is good for as many people to be vaccinated as possible because this does cut down the risk of disease transmission to those who are vulnerable. And even this 1% to 2% benefit, the percentage is arbitrary, does mean that there will be fewer people who are hospitalized or who may die from COVID-19. And that same argument has been made for other vaccines, such as the flu shot, for instance. Right. But when it comes to the probability of children spreading COVID, has that changed? I think there's enough data coming out from around the world now to know that children also spread COVID fairly efficiently. So as an entire group, they spread COVID-19 the same way that respiratory 
illnesses like cough and cold and flu are spread. They are less likely to be aware of personal hygiene or to have masks that fit or to wear masks for that matter. And they go everywhere. Um, so there's a higher chance that they can spread COVID-19 just like with the other respiratory viruses. Some children still wear masks to school. I mean, I see them on the roads. Which is a good thing. So you would recommend that they wear masks in school if they don't mind, actually? <laughs> if they are unwell, they should certainly wear masks. If they prefer to wear masks, I think we should not stop them as well. So is that an effective immune period after getting COVID? Like, you know, maybe you don't need to get another booster, like forever. This is a bit of a, a controversial area, but the easiest way to think of it as an analogy is that the COVID infection acts as another shot, right? Just like the COVID vaccine acts as a safer form of way of uh, educating our immune system to deal with COVID-19. So the degree of protection appears to be similar in that after COVID-19 infection, a person would be protected for a few months until the next variant comes along that is able to evade the decreasing level of antibodies that's created by that infection. It's not very clear at present whether an infection is better at triggering an immune response that protects longer compared to vaccination. And of course, there are risks to getting an infection as opposed to getting vaccinated. The risks are higher with an infection of outcomes that we prefer not to get. Um, so I, I think we are not out to encourage people to get infected so that they can avoid getting a vaccine booster. Right. No, no, I, I know a lot of people who are just wary of getting infected. I mean, they want to get infected. But I was just wondering, I mean, if that's the case, right? We're kind of like, for lack of more data on this, we're kind of hanging in the air, isn't it? I mean, we've been hanging in the air since the first vaccine came out. But the, the truth with all these new vaccines or new technologies is that um, we do get more and more data over time. So we are surer and surer about the long-term effects or side effects over time as well. That's an uncertainty we have to live with. Just like the, the fact that the next pandemic may land anytime. Yes, hopefully not that soon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think um, we've come to the end of the episode. Thank you very much for your time, Liang. Thanks very much, Joyce. Well, that's a wrap for Health Check, a podcast series by The Straits Times. I'm Joyce Teo. Don't forget to share this podcast episode with your friends and family. If you'd like to read my articles, we have links in the podcast text description below. That was a podcast by The Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O.